Welcome, historians. Host Austin he they she and host Brenda she her have been waiting for you. Come along for secret histories of nerd mysteries. I'm looking for little ways there are none. My heater's on. Oh. You can get any of it. Oh. Well, hopefully it picks up your voice okay. Oh, yeah. No, I'm loud. Okay. It's getting it's getting the boop boops for me. It's just okay, like. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Don't, don't there've worry. Been, there have been times when your audio's too low and like the truncate silence cuts out chunks of what you say. It hasn't That's happened in a while. Rude. It was your- it was your old mic, and so I'd be like 40 minutes into editing the podcast, <laughs> and then you'd be talking about something like serious, like a, something that I really wanted in the podcast, and you you would just be like, blah, 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 <laughs> and I'd be like, what the fuck? This wasn't important. You, you're like opening up your heart and your soul, and the podcast is just incredible. Audition is homophobic. Yeah, probably that's, not. It's homophobic. Don't, don't don't quote me on that. Please don't go tell Adobe that. Adobe, Joe, you should Joe Adobe, still give us money. <laughs> Joe Adobe is homophobic <laughs> unless they give us a sponsorship. I'm putting that out there. Let's let's get us a sponsorship. Give you know, us can, somebody. I know someone listening to this podcast wants some ads or some shit. Listen, pay me. I'll do it. Look, here are brands I will shill for. Hello Fresh. Um. <laughs> Quip. I'll do Quip in a heartbeat. Oh, Quip? You use Quip already. I use Quip. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not going to fucking tell you more about it. Until they give me- <laughs> uh, um, Casper? Cas- Casper, if they send a mattress. Sure. I'll take a pillow, personally. A pillow, yeah, would be really nice. I'll, I own a Nectar mattress. Nectar, I'll, I'll, I like it. I think it's fine. <laughs> give me one of those Casper dog beds. Yeah. Which is which is a wild thing, right? Like, not that your dogs don't deserve nice things, but that's like... That that is like the that's like the kind of thing where you see people that like make a home cooked meal for their dog for forty five minutes and then yeah. they eat like a microwave meal and I'm like, honey, I'm not saying your dog doesn't deserve good food, but I am saying you you should probably get it to yourself. Look, my cat has eaten garbage for nineteen years of his life. <laughs> He's nineteen. He will be twenty if he makes it to his birthday in April. You know? Like, yeah. I, I, I was doing something right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I meet people like, I met uh, my partner's grandparent. Uh, we were all hanging out, and I had to feed my dog, and I just feed my dog, like, kibbles. Yeah. Uh, like, normal dog food. Not, like, grain or whatever, but just, like, normal dog food you get at a big box grocery store. Yeah, like, middle of the road. Not, like, the cheapest stuff, but, like, middle yeah. middle dog kibble. And my, they were, like... Oh, how she like her dry cereal. And I was like, what? And then he goes over and he's like, he's like making like peas and carrots and like roasted chicken, which is fine. I want to, if that's what you want to do for your pet, I don't really care. But I'm letting you know, my dog also doesn't care about, like, she is perfectly okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's like when... Our dogs get like upset tummies. We'll make them like some chicken breasts and some yeah. rice. Yeah, yeah, but same most thing. Most of the time, they don't want to eat it. They're like, yeah. mm, 
like, yeah, we I'd tried rather to, have my kibbles. Our dog had an upset stomach, and we tried to give her, like, it was like rice, eggs, and bananas. And she literally took the bananas <laughs> out and put them on the ground and looked at us like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what the hell is a banana? <laughs> but it's, it's like, one of those um, things that people are like, you can give your yeah. dog strawberries and bananas. I'm like, yeah, but they don't want to fucking eat it because they, they don't understand. Yeah, it's like, I think dogs can have apples. I hope dogs can have apples because I hand my dog's apples all the time. <laughs> It's like Leia, Leia the Labrador is like sitting there looking at me and she's got like those big, the Labradors have the saddest eyes in the world. They, they always look to, like they're in, they always look like, why do you, why do you specifically you, want me yeah. dead? And you're like, yeah. what did I do? It's like, you are pampered to shit. You have nothing to be sad about. And she's just sitting there looking at me with like the saddest eyes while I'm eating an apple. And I'll like break off a tiny piece and I'll be like, mm-hmm. it's an apple. You hate these. And she's just like <laughs> right. looking at me like, I want it so bad. And I'm like, I'll give you the apple, but I know you'll hate it. Yeah. And I hand it to her and she'll, she'll take it in her mouth and she'll just kind of like Spit hold it, it there. Out and look at you. <laughs> She'll just like look at me like, what have you given me? And I'm like, that's what I was eating, sweetie. Every time they're like, what do you have? And I'm like, I'm eating like General Sow's like chicken. You don't want this. Uh, you cannot like, have this. Like, I don't, be- I don't believe you. And you have, you let them smell it and they look at you like, why did you make me smell something that makes me want to die? I don't, <laughs> you, 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 you did this. You wanted it. You wanted it. Um, one time Leia showed up with a wild pear in her mouth. Like, I'm sitting on the deck. Leia comes up on the deck. She's got something in her mouth. I'm like, what do you have in your mouth? And she, like, looks at me and she puts it down. And it's like a fucking wild pear. She found, this bitch found a pear in the yard. I want to hang out on your deck so bad in the summer just to experience Leia. I feel like you always have some sort of, it's like, Leia brought me the keys to old man Jenkins' locker. Where did she get it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Leia found a stick, like a log the size of her head, and she hit me in the knees with it. Leia found the keys to the Death Star again. <laughs> Dogs Kevin can eat Paul. apples. Good. Okay. So I'm not, we're not going to get like tons of messages like, yeah. you're an animal abuser! We, ah! we blow up, and it's because PETA found our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, but we you, have news. Um, one second. This is episode 88, BT Talks. <laughs> we just, like, went straight into it, like, hey, sponsors, do you want to have on our podcast? On our I'll podcast, play- we don't tell people what the fuck is going on or where they are. I'll play Best Fiends. I'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Raid Shadow. <laughs> Genshin Impact. I'll do anything. <laughs> <clears throat> episode 88 of our <laughs> podcast this is actually the last episode before our holiday break which we definitely always inform our network that we're taking <laughs> <laughs> look december's busy december's busy i i we got on this now is like am i still doing my i was like am i still doing my thing for the for the holidays and i was like it's december i don't think we're recording in december i guess i'll do it in the new year <laughs> i like um yes okay so we're recording on friday which is not a normal day and we established this like pretty early on like yeah. last week when you were like hey we need to record friday at noon and i was like cool i can do that and then yesterday rolls around and it's eleven thirty, and i'm in my <laughs> office and i'm sitting there and i'm like Austin's late. What's happening? <laughs> and then I'm sitting there and I'm you just like... You didn't text me, though. You held back. I, d- I was about... 
have to text you. And I was like, now, Brenda, I think there's a little memory just at the edge of your brain. You got to find that before you message Austin. And Austin has to be like, Brenda, we talked about this. <laughs> anyway, I'm here. Mm-hmm. You're here. We're here. News is here. What's Ohio up to, Austin? This is a um, this is a reoccurring um spot on our podcast called "What's Ohio Up To." This is the first time we've done it, um, but it'll be back. I don't know if you know what is it. I like to ask uh top listener Christian. Yes, <laughs> Christian, who's listened to this podcast for literally thousands of minutes, which. I don't know how much I would require. I can't do math, but it, I think Christian's listened to every episode two to three times. Christian, have we ever talked about Ohio? <laughs> Please let us know if we've ever talked about Ohio, seeing as how you are the number one historian. Unless someone can beat that number, yeah. send it to us on Twitter. We're still yeah, on Twitter. I mean, on Spotify raps. We are still on Twitter as of this recording. We're not anyway. getting a hive. <laughs> uh, Ohio. Yeah, anyway, Ohio suing Anyway, Ohio is suing Warner Brothers Discovery. Um so, this is kind of crazy. So they are not the first ones to open this lawsuit. What they are trying to do is like they want to take the reins as it were. So, here's the here's the cut and dry. Warner Brothers Discovery's been a mess, as we all know. We've mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm. talked about on this very podcast the falling stock prices, the odd Choices being made at the executive level, like firing, hiring, cutting content for seemingly no reason. Uh, report, you know, as far as we know, this is all we can report on what we see. All told that it's, you know, gonna help drive up revenue. And revenue just keeps falling. Dramatic, dramatically falling terribly. I wonder why! <laughs> they are, they've been in a free fall since this deal closed and they did their big, like, we're a new company now, baby, and here's our plan. We are going to not release several projects that are already finished and cut a bunch of media from all of our digital market that we really don't need to for seemingly no reason that's just been done and lock it behind a vault so you can't buy it or have access to it, effectively creating lost media in the year of 2022. Yeah, it's it's just so baffling, all the choices they're yeah. making. Um, but they did appoint James Gunn to head of DC movies. They did. They appointed James Gunn to the head of DC's movies, which I'm sure they're hoping would get them a bunch of points. And I think everyone, including us, went, huh? (laughs) I don't- (laughs) What? I don't have anything personally against James Gunn, but it's one of those things that's like, huh? Like, James Gunn stuff works because it's, like, different. But if everything- if they James Gunnify- the DC universe, where as like how Kevin Feige is like, you can tell there's one guy that's kind of in charge of everything and that he probably mm-hmm. should be put on vacation for two years because I don't think he's allowed to take a vacation. <laughs> uh, please let Kevin Feige rest. I don't know him as a person, but I, I know everyone deserves to not work forever. <laughs> but if they James Gunnify the DC universe, like I won't feel fresh. It'll just feel like the same thing that people talk about having Marvel fatigue. Like you'll just say, I couldn't see him doing a Superman movie, and then I remembered that he did do that, like, super-powered kid goes on a rampage movie, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't want yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's That's like... That's not what I want. <laughs> if they James Gunnify it, it'll just be... They'll all just feel the same versus, like, oh, that James Gunn Suicide Squad was good. You know, like, you won't get that. It'll just be, like, it's all James Gunn yeah. all the time. I don't... Maybe he'll stand back. Maybe it'll be like... Because, like, Walter Hamada didn't have, like, a style or anything. Unless no. his style was bad, which maybe it was. <laughs> Walter Hamada's style was, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> sorry. I shouldn't I'm be sorry. in this position. He, his, 
his employees liked him, so that's yes. good, right? Like, at least people liked him. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. But the state of Ohio is suing Warner Brothers yes. Discovery. Um, Austin, what are the other states that are um, being, the other states that are in on this? The other states in on this. So it's all a bunch of pension plans. The pension plans are from Ohio, as I mentioned, California, Illinois, Massachusetts, Mississippi, and our very own state uh, for these historians, Michigan, um, have all joined in on this class action lawsuit. Ohio is applying to be the lead plaintiff for the case. It's their two largest pension funds in Ohio, the uh, Ohio Public Employees Retirement System and the State Teachers Retirement System of Ohio. And a few other, they said other various Warner Brothers Discovery investors from Ohio uh, claim that the company, and specifically David Zelaz and other top execs, didn't reveal that Warner Media was in financial disarray when it merged with Discovery last spring when they all voted for disagreement. They claim that th- j- this is just Ohio's, that these Ohio pension plans have lost $25 million plus dollars <sighs> since this deal. That is catastrophic. <laughs> That's a catastrophic amount of money. Absolutely bananas. <laughs> um, If you aren't in the US, uh, or if you just know how pension plans work, pension plans, like, exist on dreams, basically. It's like, this is your retirement, by which I mean, this is a big old stock portfolio that you can either take care of yourself, which almost no one does because it's a lot of work, or of work. you just let their, like, pension people, like, the, you let their investors put your money places, in theory, so you were entire, you have, like, a lot of money. You have enough money to live on after retiring, but between, like, what you put in, hopefully what your company or your employer put in, and then what they invested it into. This is a banana system. This yes, is it like, is, it's not a good system. This is no, not a good it's system. it's like, oh, your ability to be able, like, these, like, business people just get to play with your retirement money. Yes. And, like, that's, that's, that's what you're supposed to live on your whole later years of your life when you can't work anymore. Yeah. Like, that's neither here nor there, but God, <laughs> I hate this place. Yeah, it's, it is, <laughs> listen, it is not a good system, but Warner, Warner Brothers Discovery did do some lying about what was fucking going on with this merger. Good Lord. <laughs> um, the, this is how the lot, they filed it in New York, uh, spe- specifically asserts that Warner Meter didn't disclose that it was over investing in streaming content and then overstated the number of HBO Max subscribers to be as many as 10 million. Uh, and then sought to attract subscribers without regard to the cost or profitability, among other allegations. That's um, why it got so cheap for a hot second, because they yes. were like, oh, shit. Um, wow. The lawsuit also states that the stock fell about 50% between April to September, uh, which is true, as we talked about in this podcast. It's hovering around like 10 to $11 now, which is bad. It was almost 30 at one point. <laughs> uh, oh, Jesus. They go on to state, uh, had the true state of Warner Media's financial situation been disclosed, the merger consideration would have been significantly higher for these pension programs, they list out their names, and other Discovery stockholders. Um, essentially, they're like, if we knew it was bad, we would have, like, grilled you a lot harder. Because this is essentially, mm-hmm. like, this merger was really hand-waved by a lot of people. Because everybody yeah. was like, everything's going great, this is gonna be great, everything's going fine. Mm-hmm. A lot of people lied about that. <laughs> people lied about a lot of stuff like oh yeah um this merger has been uh it's been a weird nightmare and that like i don't know about you brenda but i didn't expect anyone to care but us like i didn't expect anyone else to be paying attention or care but like a lot of people are paying attention a lot of people are just like what the hell is going on and i guess it makes sense like again this is 
<laughs> this is the next biggest media company in the U.S., technically. Uh, again, it's sad when you compare it to, like, who's their competition? Disney. What's Disney stock at? And then you just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Disney's stock is, like, the lowest it's been since 9-11 right now. So it's like, yeah. what's happening? What's going on? Yeah, is this I mean, a recession? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's good, right? Maybe these big media companies will see, like, you can't just be big and that's enough. Uh, yeah. But I gotta say, I don't think the the solution is cutting all the stuff that your few fans care about want to keep. Yeah, it's, like, not even caring about, like, you forget, big company, that your fans are the thing that gives you money. Yeah, <laughs> like- it's it's so bizarre to be, like... Yeah, this is gone now. And then you, and then you have the creators of it like, "Hey, I did like finding out like f- I can't imagine making something and having it be my life for 5 to 10 years is making something. Waking up one day and just like casually scrolling Twitter and I see that my cartoon is just gone question yeah. mark like what do you yeah. like what do you mean why am I being tagged in all this? I didn't do any like what do you mean? I found out when you found out. Yeah, that's like that's that's absolutely bonkers. So yeah, this merger's going bad. <laughs> speaking of speaking of big media companies being shit though, what's going on with Disney, Brenda? Um, so Bob Chapek stepped down as CEO. Uh excuse me, he was fired. <laughs> he was fired. <laughs> he was fired. He was fired. He was fired on a Sunday night and t- told effective immediately you do not work here, his, which is his- that's really bad. <laughs> His name on the website was gone within like an hour. So Bob Iger is the CEO of Disney. Okay, so I kind of knew this. I had a feeling. I had a feeling this was going to happen. I was like, Chapek is getting thrown to the fucking wolves. Like, I've never thought he was good at his job. Like, because he was head of parks before he was the CEO of the entire company. And I don't think he did a great job mm-hmm. in the parks. And then it just got yeah. worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, so Iger is back for two years, I think, mm-hmm. um, to hopefully find someone to be a good successor. Right. Because he did such a great job of finding that last time. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bob Iger's quote that they got from Sunday night. All this was a Sunday night. And they're like... Bob Iger's quote's like, I'm just as surprised as you are. (laughs) Which at least he gets it. He's like, I don't, I can't believe they called me. This is bad. (laughs) Like, like a bunch of like big top Disney execs just like go to his fucking house and they're just like, Bob, Bob, things are bad. We need you to come out of retirement, please. Oh, it's so bad. (laughs) Bob Iger, you want me back? Yeah. Holy shit, guys. We asked Michael, but he's, he's like, busy, I don't know, running an animation company or something. I don't know. God, I, Mike Eisner, you crazy son of a bitch. You crazy son of a bitch. You did, you did good, and then you did, oh, like, so bad. Yeah. It was like, you know, I was, um, Iger was the hero in that too. Like he like swooped in and was just like, "Don't worry, everyone. Eisner is not the CEO anymore. It's me. We're gonna make some changes around here. We're gonna buy the Muppets. We're gonna buy Star Wars. We're gonna buy uh Fox." <laughs> and everyone was like, "Okay, sure." <laughs> um, so hopefully things will get better. I know, like parks specifically are doing very bad, but they did yeah. just announce the actual closing date for Splash Mountain today. 
Mm-hmm. Only at Walt Disney World. Anyway, Oof. Splash Mountain is closing on the twenty third in Walt Disney World That's, to be rethemed. That <laughs> which do you do you understand how how un- incomprehensible that is? Everybody, do you have any <laughs> idea how incomprehensible it is that Splash Splash Mountain? You just say the word Splash Mountain, and most likely anyone, if it, if ever language you're speaking, can like envision what you're talking about. Yeah, it's going to be essentially the same ride. They're just like maybe we should retheme it. A little mm-hmm. bit. Which they should. They should have done that a long fucking time ago. <laughs> yeah, but uh, old Bob left us a little gift at the end here. Mm-hmm. What did old Bob Chapek specific because Iger and Chapek have the same Right. Jesus name. fucking Christ. Sorry. Bob Chapek specifically. Uh, I, my Charlie Day red tape. There's no, <laughs> no one said this. Uh, specifically left a little parting gift, which is the movie Strange World. Now, Strange World, neither of us have seen it because, of course, they didn't put it on Disney Plus, which would no, have been course. a great idea. Yeah, perfect. But, so yeah. probably solved all the problems we're about to talk about. Yeah, es- essentially. So, Strange World is Disney's latest animated movie, you know, following up Raya and mm-hmm. um, Encanto, mm-hmm. um, which I- both did okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Strange World features an LGBT. Whoa. LGBT? LGBT? As we like to call ourselves. Yeah, you know, um, an LGBTQ protagonist who's gay and get uh, spoilers. It's not really spoilers. Everyone's talking about it. He gets a boyfriend yeah. Um, yeah. and it's part of the plot. It's not just like thrown in at the end. Like, oh, guess what? At the last hour, this character, they are gay the whole time. You were yeah. watching a gay person in this movie. <laughs> um, it's actually part of the plot and part of his identity mm-hmm. and um, also features like a... Um, diverse cast of characters too mm-hmm. but they didn't do any advertising i didn't realize this movie existed yeah everyone's like i've never heard of this there was like no like <laughs> lead up i saw a fucking nail tutorial on tiktok that was an ad for this movie it mm-hmm. was someone doing like painting the characters on their nails what is the okay so this is a thanksgiving family movie yep for families to go to Thanksgiving weekend, because a lot of people mm-hmm. go to the movies on Thanksgiving. This is the, one of mm-hmm. the biggest movie weekends in the United States. Yes, so, and it's it's Disney's prime time. Where does a nail tutorial factor into this demographic? Like, <laughs> are I don't think most moms. I know there's some moms who use TikTok. Yeah. Like, you know, like we're we're in our thirties, whatever. Like, but. I don't know, like the correlation of mom or mm-hmm. person who would be interested in seeing like a nail tutorial mm-hmm. of these characters and be like, well, I got to take the family to see Strange Worlds. <laughs> it mm-hmm. just doesn't, it's not meshing up. It doesn't overlap. Yeah. And that's the only ad I've seen for this movie. This film is getting its shit rocked in theaters. It's a huge problem that it's only out in theaters. Uh, it is a mm-hmm. family film. It's Thanksgiving weekend. In theory, all Disney really do is get in front of people, but you have to account for pandemic. People want to be safe. Mm-hmm. People want to be safe with their kids, specifically. I mean, Encanto was a big hit once it hit Disney+. Plus. It did pretty poorly. Like, it did better at the box office, but it's mm-hmm. also a more traditional one. It was advertised. And yes, two, it was, it was advertised. a more traditional <laughs> Disney musical featuring, you know, I don't like him, but people like Lin-Manuel Miranda. And the it, music Hey, the it's movie. a name. It's a name. It, it brought people in, you know, and like you could just say like, oh, well, he also worked on Moana and like, you know, the people who don't know him would be like, I liked Moana. I might like this too. Yeah, exactly. Um, This didn't really have like, there's big names associated with this mm-hmm. and Dennis Quaid. And, <laughs> and also Dennis Quaid is there. <laughs> Dennis Quaid is such an outlier. Um, 
but it's not like a traditional it it feels very much like treasure planet i think a lot yes. of people are comparing this to treasure planet's release yeah because treasure planet i mean now people love that movie i think mm-hmm. it's fine um i think it has beautiful gorgeous animation but it came out at this time where like it didn't get a lot of advertising and it wasn't that traditional disney musical mm-hmm. that they had the success with for so long and it did super poorly and it, it feels like unfortunately this movie's going to be like that too and like we can say let's go see it all we want but like I don't want to leave my house. <laughs> exactly. I think going to see movies is just something I left behind in 2020. Yeah. I just don't feel like it anymore. It's like a, I don't need it. And it's, I think what's hard too is like a lot of him is something I've learned. Like we'll wait for the family movie on Disney plus because they did it with yeah. turning red. Ray eventually came to Disney plus with the premiere access, which worked well. Um, but Turning Red Soul and Luca just went like was were just on Disney Plus for free, I believe. They weren't premiere. Yeah. They just like ended up there. Um and Kanto I mean, I ended up pay. on Disney Plus in like at Christmas time, which we're close to. Mm-hmm. I would pay. Like if they were like, Well, you need to pay like what was it? Was it was thirty dollars they were Yeah. I would pay it. I'd be like, yeah. yeah, we can watch this movie at Christmas. You don't have to leave the house. Um It just, yeah, just... makes sense. There's no reason that Disney should have an animated feature out that is f- facing a hundred million dollar loss. And I think the other thing mm-hmm. is like Disney fight back. Disney, this movie is so here it is currently here. Here is where it's sitting at for reviews for actual view. Rotten Tomatoes at 74. Common Sense Media, it's a four out of five. Metacritic, mm-hmm. it has a 65% overall. But Google, where anyone can just leave a review, it is being, it is heavily review bombed. It's at a 1.8 right now. Jeez. And people and are just can, like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, Disney can fight back against this because Disney, like, pushed back against, like, all of the backlash that Captain Marvel received mm-hmm. when it came out. You know, they can push back. The fact that they're not pushing back at all to try to, like, make this movie be a success is, like, very telling. Yeah. You got reviewers. You have, like, critics. Like, ev- critics. I'm doing air quotes. Like, from <laughs> Fox News and shit. Like, go woke, go broke. Ha ha ha. And, like, this kind of shit. Because it's... And these review bombs are all, like, my kids fell asleep. It's too complicated. They need to go back to simple family movies. This is so boring. Like, it's all of that. It's, like, almost to the point where I think people have gotten a script from what to say. Yeah. Um. Also, have you seen a movie from the 90s or the 80s? <laughs> like, has, has anyone seen Land Before Time? <laughs> like-, G- like, kids can handle what you call big things i promise mm-hmm. you uh steven universe literally exists we don't even i yeah. don't even have to have this conversation anymore steven universe exists kids can handle steven universe fucking and- <laughs> like space genocide i yeah, promise like, i promise they can handle like one guy being gay these same kids that like you're being like oh well they can't like you know th- this is just too much like you're also taking them to see marvel movies exactly some of them deal with like heavy concepts like you know iron man 3 which is a shitty movie but anyway iron man 3 deals with like Tony's PTSD from after yeah. um, almost dying in Avengers. And like, yeah, you know, there's like I, more serious things and there's a lot of violence. Yeah. I um, mean, I, I won't give spoilers, but the new, the new Black Panther film, like li- literally deals with what happens when a marginalized community loses a world leader. Mm-hmm. It's nothing good. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's not good. Um, <laughs> the, I promise all the white nations aren't doing good things. Uh, oof. Yeah, have not seen it yet. Gonna see it um, probably yeah, on Christmas it, when my dad gets home. But it's just like, kids can handle that. Like, that's not it. Yeah. 
Like, that's, I don't, I, like, literally don't believe that review. Uh, I don't believe your reviews. <laughs> you are, like, doing your kids a disservice being like, well, they can't handle it. It's like, just show them Cocomelon forever, I guess. Like. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to tell you, but this film, performing like this, I know is not, like, a hallmark of the movie that was made. I haven't seen it. Maybe it's not great, right? But, again, Disney can put out dog water. We've seen it happen. And mm-hmm. make money. Because it just because it has Disney on like, it and they got ads in front of people's faces. Let me see. I want to know how much money Chicken Little made. Let's <laughs> let's go down and then we'll get to like to today's topic, which is just a go to go to the movie. So we are going to be discussing a movie, just yes. not this movie. But um, Chicken Little might be the worst movie that Disney has ever put out. <laughs> My dad literally fell asleep in the theaters. <laughs> it's boring. It's mean spirited, and I hate it. But it was also their first movie in 3D, right at the beginning of like the 3D glasses thing when every movie had to be in 3D. This was their first movie that you could see with 3D glasses. And so, also, Zach um, Braff is Chicken Little, which is back Zach in Braff, his, when he's big still. Scrubs. This is like still big Zach Braff. Yeah, this was a big deal. Okay, so Chicken Little, which came out in 2005, it was the second highest grossing animated film of the year behind <laughs> Madagascar. Now, Chicken both Little. Those movies, both those movies are. <laughs> like, Madagascar is like, okay. This is in the era endearing. when all these movies are okay. Okay. Like, we just got, like, absolute garbage for such like you know i was like i think i'm done watching animation and it wasn't (laughs) because i was actually done with animation it's because animation was bad and also death note was on adult swim (laughs) wow yeah we were we were really going through it for like animated feature films but like chicken little is like dog it is it's not good (laughs) but again they put it in front of people all the kids knew the trailer that's that's all you need they're like they had like it's the end of the world or the yeah. trailer it was great it was edited well it looked exciting and fun and engaging um it might be the worst <laughs> disney movie that exists yo um, hey okay. listen you want to talk about disney movies that are dog water like av- literally avatar <laughs> yes with the blue people with the blue we people s- like come like they just gotta put it in front of people and make you think you want to see it, and then suddenly you're watching, and you're like, wait, why am I here? I didn't actually want to see this movie. <laughs> what happened? Like, How did I get here? It is kind of cool to see it on IMAX, because it was, like, specifically built to be an yes. IMAX movie, but yes. you can also get the same exact experience by going to a theme park. <laughs> so. Yes. I won't I won't belabor it. You're all, you were all saved because we will be on break after that movie comes out, and I will have already yelled at Brenda in private, and you won't have to hear me do it on this show and i will probably have to go see it because my dad really likes it damn and i love i, I love him hey I, I love your dad too yeah um, trick him to see something else well we <laughs> are gonna see black love. panther so maybe he won't want to see two movies there you go so you just gotta be like dad let's watch the santa <laughs> claus again <laughs> let's watch let's watch the new disney plus series the santa clauses <laughs> they're really, they're really like, damn, how, how haven't we used the word claws yet? Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Like, sorry, this uh, Chicken Little had a, um, had a budget of $150 million. Austin, Get the do you want to guess here. how much Chicken Little made at the box office? 150 you said? Yeah. I'm going to say it at least doubled it because it's a Disney movie, so around 300 yeah, three fourteen million. Yeah, I'll get the fuck out of here. That fuck you, sucks. Chicken Little. <laughs> fuck you. And then, okay, so let's look at Treasure Planet real quick. So Treasure Planet. 
Treasure Planet, which was Disney's last, like one of their last animated features for a very long time. Yes. Following up Lilo and Stitch, which was very successful and very good. Um, it had a bu- oh good lord, it had a budget of 140 million and it made 110 million. Oof, so close. Oof. I know. I didn't go see it in theaters. Um, I know. I VHS. I, I did not either. I think it's it was another one of those like they didn't. It was like that weird area of like they didn't know how to market it to people. Yeah, because it's not a traditional. I mean, it's like it feels more like um, Don Bluth had Titan AE come out. I think a little bit before this. Mm-hmm. They feel kind of similar. They're very different. Don't get me wrong, but like they're both like kind of space operas, no music, more like adult leaning um yeah. i just learned that uh, treasure planet is is the most expensive traditionally animated film to date wow which is um interesting that they took this risk and it, it did not pay off but now it's got like a cult following you can buy like merchandise for it which is super mm-hmm. strange um i'm gonna look at just like strange world's budget real quick beep, 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 beep. it's uh 135 to 188 135 to one they we, we don't have like an exact number it's like 135 to 180 million is what reports oh have been God, saying it's doing so bad yes <laughs> oh it's doing really i went to their bad. i went to their twitter and they are they are like struggling not me having a higher interaction than than the, uh, an entire disney movie this is how i know people didn't, like this movie has less not that social media is everything but this movie has less than like four thousand followers like shot like no one, no one, no one can tell me that they did work to like promote this movie. They did. They did nothing. Like they did. They, did, they absolutely did not try at all. I saw. I heard more about Disenchanted Two, which is on Disney Plus, than this movie. I bet Disenchanted Two is more of a success because it's on fucking Disney Plus. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it to you people. Just put it on Disney Plus. Put it like Turning Red did great. Like Turning Red was considered a success. Hey, four towns nominated. Four towns nominated for a Grammy. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, which is, wow. which I was like, wait, but they didn't. Like, it's not like a wait. Can they? I was like, can they do that? <laughs> can Anything's they nominate? Possible. Can they nominate a? They're fake. They're 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 not. They're not like because usually when like there's a fake band, they nominate the people who like made the music for the band, not like yeah. the fake. But no, the Grammys nominated specifically four town, not like. <laughs> Not, not, not like Billy, the people. Who not wrote Billy Irish's brother who wrote the songs. Yeah. Not Finny, Finny, Finnegan, Finian, Finn. Yeah, something like, like that. Not no, Four no, Town specifically Four Town, and I was like, when the gorillas get oh. like nominated for something, it's the guys who did, you know. Yeah, it's like the people. It's like the people. Yeah. But no, not four, just Four Town. The gorillas, just but it is Four Town. So I hope that Four Town shows up. Uh, yeah, like Hatsune Miku style, <laughs> <laughs> and I hope Hatsune Miku shows up. <laughs> Speaking of animated people who sing, we're talking about the Blues Clues movie. I got us there. We got there. We're we're Good half job. an hour we in. Did it. Everybody, we, we brought it around. We're talking about the 2022 cinematic straight to Paramount Plus masterpiece, Blues Clues: <laughs> Big City Adventure. Where do we begin? <laughs> Should people see this movie? Um. I think if you're feeling particularly nostalgic and you want something that doesn't require, like, maybe your full attention, like, maybe you're cooking or, like, maybe you're, like, doing a craft and mm-hmm. you just kind of want something that's nice to put on in the background, yeah, I would say. Yeah. Like, I think if, if you, you are, a, yeah. yeah, if you are a single, if you're an adult or adults, uh, 
you can't be a child because this is 18 plus, but if you're an adult or adults, like, without children about, it is, like, perfect for that, uh, if you, mm-hmm. if you, like, grew up watching Blues Clues, if you did not grow up watching Blues Clues, there's really not any, there's not, there's, like, stuff here, but I don't think you'll care. Like, I don't think yeah. you'll have any buy-in. I think if you have kids, great movie. There's lots perfect. of singing and dancing and, like, fun energy and, like, uh, I think you learn a couple things. You learn I don't a few- really know. You Little they like things. tried to wrap it up with like a uh, what lesson that we I think they like at the end they're like oh fuck right it's like blues clues theme. what's the lesson we learned yeah they're like oh shit Josh has to learn something <laughs> like uh, Josh learns how to deal with crippling anxiety literally yes <laughs> quite frankly Josh learns Josh learns how to handle a panic attack yeah Josh which has is seen several panic attacks in this movie Josh is concerning Josh is. Okay, so the premise of this movie is the main, like, the main character, Josh, lives in what we learned is called the storybook world. <laughs> we got, we have a name now for the Blues, the Blues Clues Cinematic Universe and its storybook world. Yeah, Josh lives in storybook world in Steve's old house with Blue and all the rest of the gang. Side table drawers there. T- clock lady is there. S- salt, pepper. Soap, salt and pepper and all of their fucking kids. <laughs> like... <laughs> They've got like five ki- four kids, five kids. Yeah. They've got paprika and they've got th- there's another one. Yeah, I one didn't and I didn't realize how many kids they had, so they're like, "Hi Mr. Salt Miss Pepper." And I'm like, "His wife so I was like, "Could she get a break? Holy shit." Holy shit. She's got so many kids. I remember it was such a big deal when paprika was born. They were just like, yeah, "Just got to be like a, a baby." It was like, like a huge event. We were all losing our mind. Yeah. We we're like, "Whoa, what the hell? A kid, a new character like paprika?" And paprika's like a teenager now, if not a young adult. <laughs> like, That's why she's not allowed to leave, right? Like, they can't. Yeah. Is she going to go away to college? Well, okay, so it's storybook world. We don't know what the lore of storybook world is. It's all very confusing. Yeah. So, storybook world, Josh lives there with Blue, and Josh has a audition. He gets a letter from the mailbox. He has an audition with Rainbow Puppy, who inexplicably is a dog just like Blue. Yes. And she lives in the real world. <laughs> is a dog like Blue? Talk. Is a dog like uh, Magenta? Like all of the mm-hmm. other Blue's Clues dogs. But she can talk, full sentences, everything. And she yeah. lives in the real world and she's creating a Broadway musical. And she wants Josh to come audition specifically at three o'clock that exact day in New York City. <laughs> he, he, he sent in an audition tape in theory and yeah. he has to go audition for the Broadway musical. It's his big dream. Uh, yeah. This movie feel like I I think it would be really fun if it was a stage play. That would be really fun. Uh I don't know how they'd handle blue for kids. I don't know if they do a puppet, but like Probably I think I think as a stage cuz it feel like it starts and it starts with like a song and Josh is like, "Oh, I didn't see you there." And I know like they have done like Blues Clues live in the past. I don't know if they're still doing mm-hmm. it. Um or if they plan on doing it, but yeah, it would really function super well as like a a music like a stage play. Yeah, it it has a lot of that um, a lot of that mm-hmm. energy of like a Broadway musical where like some stuff happens and then there's like a big musical number. But one, the person who plays Josh can sing really good. <laughs> I didn't he can't. Yeah, he's like actually because like Steve. Let's compare it to Steve. Steve yeah. can't really sing, and Steve no. he, he he talks about this in interviews. He admits it. He's just like the male song is the way it is because I could not sing the male song. <laughs> they wanted like, me to sing, and I was like, so I can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, he was like, okay, I'll just make it as fun as possible. So that's why he's like, like Yeah, he's like, I cannot sing. sing. Josh has been on Broadway before, like, 
the, the person who plays Josh. They don't know yeah. if his name is actually Josh. It is. I think it is. He's, it is. So yeah. like Steve and Josh followed the formula, and the person who played Joe did not. His name is not is, Joe. Is his, his name, name is like Donovan. Dominic? Yeah, Donovan. Donovan. I knew it was like one of those names, but um, yeah, no, like Josh is like legitimately super talented. Yeah, it's um, I, I. So I'm an adult. Having I, mm-hmm. I don't keep up Blue Schools anymore. That's like it's not for me. It's, yeah, like, I, there's nothing there for me. And I had no idea how much energy, like, he is, I was being connected to Blue, right? Mm-hmm. I was, like, pulled in, because I was like, he is, it felt like when I, when I was a kid watching with Steve, like, he was really about it. He is, like, this, he was like, I'm, this is, let's, let's do, like, you're real, kid. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, going. <laughs> like- he had so much energy. I was like, I wish I could have that much, and en- he's as old as us, he's 33, I wish I could have that much energy. Yeah, like I, I, I can't. No, <laughs> I cannot. Couldn't do it. Listen, it's his job, but I, I could. I listen. It's incredible. Yeah, Josh is great. Anyone who doesn't like Josh, fuck off. You're yeah, I don't me. know. Jo- Josh is, and he was, he's great. I'm so glad kids have Josh now. He's great. Yeah, love Josh. Like, um, when I have to like buy like gifts for like kids, I'm always just like, do they like Blue's Clues? I hope they like Blue's Clues. They get good. I'm definitely getting uh, them something that's Blue's Clues. <laughs> but they, so Josh gets this audition, and he has to go to, he has to go to New York, because uh, he lives in Storybook World. He takes this, he has to get to New York, mm-hmm. which he is like, how do I get to New York? And all of the other Storybook characters are like, oh, you just take this Skidoo, there's so much they get established, so you can just take this Skidoo Express, and I'm like, does Josh not, because I don't know. Yeah, because this, like, this is a reboot. Because Blue's Clues rebooted in 2019, so I don't yeah, know what so they kept from the old version. I'm like, Josh doesn't skidoo. Excuse me. And then I'm like, well, they're <laughs> going to teach him to skidoo. I get. I'm like, what does Josh do then? Like, um, like. <laughs> I have no idea what they've kept, but he he like he take. It's a bus. It's like a talking bus. It's a bus, and I'm they so, drive. Why and- is it a bus? <laughs> Magic. They had to. They had to let put Magic School Bus on alert because it also rebooted. <laughs> it did. Uh, but Magic School Bus like rebooted in like 2016. That was oh, so shit. long ago. <laughs> but he ends up in New York, and he immediately has a panic attack because New York is real, and I guess he's never yeah. been to the real world. I don't know where he grew up. <laughs> um, yeah, like did he grow up in the storybook world? And I know like his grandmother shows up in some episodes because I've seen like clips from it, and I'm mm-hmm. like, where did your grandmother live in the storybook world? Like, is there, (laughs) are there humans who live in storybook world that are, like, the companions to the storybook characters? Because I know, like, Steve would go to, like, the city sometimes, but it was in storybook world. Right. I'm like, what's the lore here? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm trying to solve it. I'm like, I am too old for this because my brain's like, I have to solve it. I have to solve Blue's Clues. Okay, so Blue's a dog. Is Rainbow (laughs) Puppy from storybook world and she immigrated to the real world? Jeez. <laughs> it's so because at, one, at yeah. one point she alludes to like she knows Josh that they like grew up together. She's like he was in my like block party production when I was a kid, and I was like, wait, wait, are you wait? Did you, are you insinuating that you are a thirty year old dog? Yeah, like excuse me, wait. because they never because I- Blue's Clues is not like a uh, SpongeBob. Which is no. the closest thing I can think to think of is like where you SpongeBob is treated like a kid, even though he's an adult. Like in Blues, because they never act like the adult is a kid. They're just like in like you know, like they they never are like I'm just a kid. Like they don't do that. Mm-hmm. But he's like an adult, but not like an adult like your parents. Yeah, 
so so uh, <laughs> like are you insinuating that you are as old as Josh? You're a dog. <laughs> anyway, this movie is good. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean I'm not writing. But he gets to New York and like immediately has a panic attack. Like, yeah, so he's immediately is overwhelmed by by New York being New York because it's New York and New York is a lot for anyone who's not in New York. Yeah. New York's not for me. When I go there for like uh, Comic Con, um, I rarely go too far from the because con- I understand like conventions, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm used yeah. to. But like one time, I went one year. I went and I walked to like get lunch because convention food in New York is like ridiculous. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure you can imagine how overpriced. And I was like, oh. I'm gonna go get food somewhere else. Uh, I didn't do that again because I was like, this is you just live here. Why do you all live here? Why is how it you like live this? Here? This energy? How do you do this? How do you do this? Like, do you leave your time, soul at home? How, what do you do? Do you just like walk places and just like shut off your brain? Like you gotta just be like, I gotta go someplace. Like, but he immediately has a panic attack and then solves it with a music number. Oh my god! Yeah. So Josh like makes this music number. It's nighttime for one. Like yes, it's now like nighttime. Day- because it's cooler to dance in Times Square at night. Yeah, he has this big old dance number in uh, Times Square. It's daytime, mm-hmm. then it's nighttime, and he's like spitting magic everywhere. Josh exudes magic yes. everywhere he goes. Like he like he like goes to like this pretzel stand. He's like, one who has mustard with pretzels? Who the hell? Josh. Uh, who? Josh. <clears throat> It's wrong. You don't have mustard with pretzels. Anyway, he's like, oh, hey, hey, Mrs. Mustard. And he's like, oh, that's not Mrs. Mustard. And then he turns away. And then, like, the mustard becomes a being. Yeah, <laughs> like- he, he is. Josh is a magical girl. And I think that's why he is made to live in storybook world. Yeah, they're like, we have to trap him. And, like, Blue's <laughs> like, I will step forward and be the entity that, like, helps him to control his magic. And I will once be he the is, being that binds him to this place. <laughs> this, this world. I did it for Steve and for J- J- Joe Donovan before, and they're now regular parts of society. So I'm going to I'm going to help Josh because <laughs> I will invoke control- the old magic of my clues. We're going <laughs> to s- I'm going to slowly siphon away his magic until there's nothing left. <laughs> Nickelodeon call us if you want to make if you want to get real and grim and grim dark reboot blues clues like everybody else call us blue is an ancient entity that resides within the storybook world it wasn't always <laughs> called called storybook world blue made it look like that so as to attract potential magic <laughs> users to her realm and then she like convinces them that she's just a dog and this is your house and you live here and over the course You've of like several here. You've always lived here. Look, your your grandmother's here, Josh. And slowly she like <laughs> siphons away his magic. And when there's no magic left, she just dumps him in New York. <laughs> yeah. So Steve and Joe also just happen to live in New York. They just live here. Yeah. Uh, Steve is now a detective. Very fitting. I loved it. <laughs> the, the zooms and on his face when he was like trying to solve things. <laughs> He's like, uh, I don't have my handy dandy notebook anymore, so I eat pretzels now. <laughs> like, no, no, he doesn't. It's because he doesn't have a thinking chair. Because he has. Oh he, yes, he specifically has his notebook. It's really funny because so Joe, uh, or well, Josh cannot get to his audition because he forgot his handy dandy notebook, which he doesn't has a panic attack about. Uh, mm-hmm. 
he has an immediate panic attack about, I don't have my notebook. And so he has to figure out how to get to his audition, which is where Blue's Clues come into play for this movie. If you're wondering when the Blue's Clues part happens in the movie, I was too, don't worry. It's pretty far in. Uh, <laughs> so, like, Steve is a detective, and Joe runs a balloon store? It, He's it a felt like, present yeah. store. It felt like they were, like, they thought really hard about Steve, Steve's role, because, and I think it's because, like, People like our age who grew up with Steve primarily are in like that parent age now where they might have a preschooler. And so they're like, if they're watching with their kids, like it gives them, you know, like they all get something from it. And then Joe's like, in, he's the middle child. Yeah. I don't think like, how long was Joe on Blue's Clues? Let's see. I don't think he was on there very long. Like, cause like. It was like 2006 to something. Okay. Joe appeared in 48 episodes. That's not wow. a lot of episodes, everybody. Wow. If we compare <laughs> apparently they're siblings. Like Oh. Joe is um oh what? Siblings. Wait a second. Okay, wait a second. <laughs> Alright, Steve is Joe's older brother. Huh. Josh is his cousin. Josh is Joe's cousin? Josh is Joe's cousin. Okay. I mean, alright. Okay. Steve okay, so Steve and Joe are his cousins, and then so, and then Steve uh, and Joe, they have the same grandma, and then he has his Lola, his Filipino grandma. Uh, this is a lot. <laughs> so this is a related? lot. What you're saying is they're a lot. They're related? They're related. I never realized that they were made them all related. They're What's funny related. is, like, that doesn't come up in the movie. Like, they don't mention it even once. No. <laughs> they're not like, we gotta find Cousin Josh. They're just like, we gotta find Josh. And it's like... <laughs> Like, they never, they never once bring up the fact that they are all technically a family. Yeah, you don't get that sense at all. So I just completely forgot. Like, I know, like, Joe shows up and is like, oh, Steve's going to college and I'm going to watch Blue. But I did not know they were related. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> Joe That's likes such a weird... ducks and squares, <laughs> according to the Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, So this movie is... So it's very fun. It's I think it's very fun because like you meet Steve and very much if you watch the uh Steve where Steve where Steve took on the role of Steve to do like a message to us as adults that it made you cry, not me cry. Uh <laughs> where he does the same thing like in the movie where cuz like Joe forgets his handy name book, Mr. Salt, Mrs. Pepper, and I think most of the I forget who else goes. First, Mr. Salt's um, like, I must go alone to save to save yeah. Josh. Mr. Salt is having a midlife crisis. He has four children, and he's having a midlife <laughs> crisis. And he's like, I have to be the hero of this story. And he reveals he has a <laughs> fucking airplane in the cupboard that nobody knew about. It's like, where did you get this airplane, Mr. Salt? He does not answer. Um, I think mm. the soap and the clock go with him. Not Shovel and Pail. No one invited Shovel and Pail. <laughs> This is, I don't even think they that were too was the in missing this movie. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Shovel and Pail are not there. Josh isn't even allowed to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they go to New York and they're like, how are we going to find Josh? And Mr. like, I know a guy. <laughs> and they go to Steve's like <laughs> detective agency. And he's like, oh, Mr. Salt, Miss Pepper, how are the kids? Oh my gosh, you're here. And then he stands up and looks in the camera and he's like, you, you got t as if like, our kid avatar that is that is like a body present and blues clues went with mr salt and mrs pepper as well but it's weird because they didn't ask us to come yeah 
we just got dragged along on this journey. Like, Mr. Salt didn't look at us and say, like, would you also like to come with us? He's just like, get in. Like, we're dragged along on this adventure but against our will. This is the really funny, funny part. E. Steve says, you, you look great. And Mr. Salt and Miss Pepper look at him like, who the fuck are you talking to? Yeah, like, like what? Um, I found it really interesting. I read, like, an interview with Steve or I watched one. I don't know. I watched a lot of slash read a lot of interviews. But he talks mm-hmm. about how, like, he never looked down to talk to kids. He's always looking eye level. So, like, even though we're grown up, mm-hmm. he's always looked straight ahead to talk to the audience. Never, mm-hmm. never down. And I was like, that's really interesting because it's such a yeah. little detail that makes, like, mm-hmm. a really big difference. Right. No, it it's really very- does. I think Yeah. watching this movie, I think it generated a lot of emotions in me because... It lets you think back to when you were a kid. Again, if you watch Blue's Clues growing up. If you didn't watch Blue's Clues, like, if your kid thing growing up was Dora, watch the Dora movie. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's like being able to watch and seeing, and seeing what they're doing for kids now and thinking like, holy shit, they actually care. Yeah. And it's like, Blue's Clues was revolutionary when it came out because it came out a little bit before Dora did. Yeah. And just like its approach and like the care that was put into the show. And, like, its presentation, because when Blue's Clues premiered, they would show the same episode of Blue's Clues all week long, the same one, because, like, they had done research that kids like the repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was just, like, a level of care that was put into it that wasn't really seen before that point. And then, mm-hmm. aside from, I'd say, like, Sesame Street was the one who, like, started, yeah. like, kids programming and, like, really looked into, like, the psychology of, like, how children think and, like, what they need mm-hmm. and, like, what they like. But Blue's Clues was revolutionary because it kind of just, like, took that to another level. Um, right and um that's why it's still around today <laughs> like you know yeah. it, it took a big break but they brought it back with josh and kind of like made like very slight changes so like the handy dandy notebook is now like an iphone <laughs> 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 which is just like a small change but it's like oh yeah that makes sense you know no, kids would understand sense. that technology um it's just, it's just really interesting the music in this movie is really good <laughs> Yeah, it's it's super like it's it's like, you know, music that kids can enjoy, but it's like at its core, good music. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like it is very fun and again, I can I cannot stress enough. Josh's name is Josh De La, is De La Cruz, it looks like. De La Cruz, yeah. Uh is very is a very talented singer. Uh even yeah. like like if you just like people who can sing, like listen to this soundtrack. He is very good. Mm-hmm. Like incredibly talented. And the guy who directed it, um, I'm trying to find his name right now. It's um the the Wikipedia page is not telling me who directed this movie. The director of this movie was Matt a director Stosky. Stosky. Um he was a director for music videos for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And when music videos stopped being as lucrative as they used to be, he, you know, tried to make the transition to doing like these big movies that had big productions mm-hmm. in them. And he was really inspired by the Muppet movie and Enchanted. And I think both of those like really come through, especially like the musical scene in Central Park. Right. That feels that that is just Enchanted. Like, yeah, right it really is. <laughs> yeah. In a good way. It's, like, it's really fun and, like, engaging. Like, I could see, like, you know, kids, like, dancing, dancing along to it. Oh, kids are, kids are making their parents replay this movie again and again to learn the dances, I promise. Kids are dancing. Like, which I think this, like, if your kid has a lot of energy, this is a good movie because they will dance. 
Yeah. They will be tired. Uh, people in this movie that I didn't expect to see, B.D. Wong is in this movie. I don't know. I It's one of those things where I'm like, it's cool that, like, yeah. B.D. Wong is here. Why is B like, who, why is, who got B.D. Wong to be here? Like, what if B.D. Wong was just like, I want to be in this movie so fucking bad. I love those <laughs> like, clips. Like, I was, it was to the point where I was like, that can't, I was like, that can't be B.D. Wong. I was like, that's not B.D. Wong. I'm just like, but it is. It is, yeah. Like, <laughs> and he, he plays the, um, Rainbow Puppy's assistant. Yes. <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> and, um, I feel like, you know, a lot of times, like, famous people will be like, I want to do something that my, that my kids can watch. I don't know if B.D. Wong has kids, mm, but like, yeah, no, they'll yeah. specifically be like, kids can watch, like, right. Um, so they'll purposely do like projects aimed at younger audiences because mm-hmm. most of what they do is not appropriate. <laughs> right. And, and it's just like, there are a lot of people like the like, B.D. Wong is in this movie. Uh, they have some fame. They have, uh, Ali Stroker, who's a, who's an actual yeah. famous Broadway singer. Um, the Who first person that the Joe planet meet. song. Yes, yeah, sings the planet song. <laughs> I was like, I was messaging Austin while watching this, and I was like, Austin, that's the planet song. I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's really cool, and I think it's cool uh, to have like real people in it uh, that kids can go look up or something, you know. And it's as an adult, you can like, like I was watching, and I was like, that's a person. I was like, this is not just like a person like that's a person and i'm like i let me go google who's this person the taxi driver was like the worst instance of this where it was like <laughs> the taxi driver is someone and i'm like squinting and i'm like who is this and i was like is there like a fourth season of blues clues i've forgotten <laughs> yeah, there is like- there's the puppet one but the puppet one didn't have a person in it and i'm like who the hell is this taxi driver the taxi it- driver was alex winter, <laughs> winter. uh Bill from Bill and Ted. <laughs> I that he's I like he's another one. I was like, like he showed up, and I'm like, oh, why are you here? <laughs> what are you doing here? Like, what is your connection to Blue's Clues? Because if and he has like, like a, to. He has like yeah. a big role in the movie. Like they, he like helps Josh tie it all together. Yeah, he's like. The taxi driver at this very pivotal moment, he gets Josh to the theater, and I think he also voices the bus, the Skidoo bus. Oh, maybe. Um, I, th- I think I read that he voices the Skidoo bus. Everyone in this movie does multiple roles. Like, yeah, that's that, that's that's just how it goes for like these. Uh, yeah, Nick Nick Junior like productions. Like, if it's, if it was the Blues Clues show, a lot. Of, if you ever see a person, that person probably has a face role because they are like the voice for six of the inanimate objects and they're already mm-hmm. around exactly but so if they're trying to like both like be a film for like the adults that are our age and the kids that are growing up none of us know alex winters like no. bill and ted is a little before our time i've seen it but it like wasn't a big deal yeah I don't even know what year it came out. I think I was dead. Um, <laughs> it came out. I really, I really love Bill and Ted, but that yeah. is like his. I my mom's best friend had older kids, so mm. like they were kid. They were like by the time I was around, they were like in their later teens. Um, yeah. and I was watching things I shouldn't have, like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure at age like six. Yeah, yeah it's uh, like it was just a little bit like it's a little bit out of like it out of the age range. <laughs> so yeah, but it it was. 
I, I don't, maybe he has friends. Maybe he is like really close with the creator Blues Clues. They're like around the same age. They both did music theater. Like mm-hmm. maybe he was just around. Maybe they were like, we need someone to be this cab driver. And like someone on set was like, oh, Alex Winter's in town. Like, who knows? <laughs> He's just here on this. He's here in New York on this set right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, okay. like who? I have no idea. Uh, It's it being like, a Blue's Clues movie. There's not like a lot. There's there's they're not a lot of reports about it. So it's one of those things like I don't know if we'll find out. <laughs> I don't think we'll uh, ever know for sure. But I think one of the one of the other really cool things this movie does is that the movie is so like you know Blue's Clues has a little bit of like call and receive where like mm. during the clue finding you know the ghost Josh is walking around New York and. There's always, like, that's the one time there's, like, a kid voice that isn't your voice as as a yeah. kid. That's, like, a clue for you, the kid, to also be, like, oh, and, like, find it in the, in the shot, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the cool thing this one really did is he's in the real world, and these, kid, these kids know Blue. Yeah. And are physically actually talking to him. They're, like, over there. And he's, like, oh, thanks. And I think one of the times he knew their name. Which was weird. <laughs> it was, uh, like, how do you know this child? Are you Santa? (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's like such a cool touch of, no, Josh and Blue are real. They just live in storybook world, which is why you can't go meet them. Yeah. Uh, But now he's in the real world and these kids, you know, I think it's like one of those cool, like, imagination things for kids of like, Josh does live in storybook world, but sometimes he's here and maybe if your mom is rich, you can have him come to your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if, um... (laughs) He's wandering about the neighborhood with a Playboy model. He'll stop at your birthday party. Please tell this story. Yeah, so this we'll is a story. Movie, please. This is a story that Steve tells. Um, I don't know if it was he was doing comedy or whatever, but this is a story he's told a couple times. So whether or not this story is true, who knows? It came from Steve's mouth, but who knows for sure if this actually happened. But anyway, Steve told this story about the time that like uh Playboy model sent a letter to the Nickelodeon offices <laughs> asking him for a date. And he wasn't so sure if he wanted to do it, but his coworkers were like, no, you gotta, like, you gotta do it, Steve. And he was just like, okay, I'll go on a date with her. So they meet up. Things are kind of feeling kind of awkward. Like, they're not really gelling together and they're driving around. And he drives past this sign for, like, this kid's birthday party. And it's, like, Blue's Clues themed. And he, like, turns to, like, the, the model and he's like, I think I have to stop at this birthday party. <laughs> I, have to, I have to go go say hello at this birthday party. And, like, she was down. She was like, you gotta. So he, like, keeps, like, you know, stickers and, like, gifts, like, in his car to, like, give to people that meet him. So he, like, gets all that stuff together. I don't know if he had the shirt or not. Mm. <laughs> he, like, gets oh, my everything. God. Could you- I'm sorry. I'm just trying to think. I'm like, if he didn't have the shirt and I was a kid, I, I don't know. Like, kids are so bad at putting together I, pieces I well can you imagine if this guy just like shows up at your just kid's birthday party uninvited and you're like are you really steve burns where's the or where's the handy dandy notebook motherfucker and he pulls it out of his fucking pocket. <laughs> so i don't know he was really committed he may have had it yeah he might have had it he was very into his keeping his image for kids he, he was, like, very dedicated to keeping that image for kids, um, mm-hmm. which is why he ultimately quit, because he started losing his hair. If you notice mm. in this movie, he shows up with his hat on. Yeah. It's because he's bald now. He's been bald for a while. Um, yeah. 
but he was starting to lose his hair as Steve. And he was like, I don't want kids to, they're going to know something's up. They're going to know that I'm getting older and I don't want them to know. So that's why he right. ultimately quote unquote went to college or right. depending on who you ask died. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so he goes to this birthday party. He like gives out a bunch of stuff, you know, like, kids really super excited and so like then he leaves with the model and they go back to his house and when he tells it he says he has the, like a one of the thinking chairs in his house they make out on it wow and, and this all eventually culminates in um him meeting this woman's mother and the mother trying to pitch a nickelodeon series to him <laughs> I want I want to know what it is and if it got made. I want to know if it's I know it's not Dora the Explorer. <laughs> well, no. So it was called Bloonies. It was like a balloon themed uh, show. It never got made. Um, is this story true? I can't verify that. This is Steve has said it. It gets like regurgitated around the internet a lot. But it's I'm really just imagining. Funny. I don't. You, the thing that makes me question it. I don't know. It's Steve with dirtier thinking chair. <laughs> Getting sloppy toppy on a thinking chair, Steve? <laughs> Steve, come on. Like, come on. Uh, he said he, he like had the thinking chair for a while, but unfortunately he no longer has it. <laughs> God, Steve. Fell apart. Uh, what always weird me out about the thinking chair is the way they construct them. They look like a, they don't look like a physical object, but I know they no. are. Yeah, it's like everything in Storybook World is like, in the original Blue's Clues, it was all done with like um flat. I don't yeah. think it's on with paper but it was made to look like paper yeah um, very similar to like the uh, south park but um mm -hmm. but the thinking chair was real but it still had to look like paper <laughs> so yeah it, it looks strange. like he was sitting on as if he was just like chair like he was doing like a sit like exercise <laughs> yeah like he was just squatting god what a pain that would have been <laughs> um and so in this, in the movie, back to the movie, like, I cannot express, like, one, this movie is, uh, secretly sad. And what I mean by, I told Brenda that, and Brenda was like, oh no, and I was, and then Brenda watched, I was like, you get it, right? It, like, Josh is, in a way that I think adults mm -hmm. relate to, because Josh is an adult. <laughs> um. Yeah. But in a, but like, displays it in a way where he's unsure what's happening, because he's trying to, like, help kids think about their feelings. Because mm -hmm. Josh has, multiple panic attacks where he does things that are like very bizarre like when he's singing the blues clues song about how some start blues clues uh he's like because at the end of the song you sit down in your thinking chair and think but he's not at home so he steals someone's <laughs> like the, like paint buckets like uh that someone's using the drum on you know that you see and he's like on our new york thinking chair and sits <laughs> okay looks... here's the weird thing later on in the movie he conjures the thinking chair onto the no, steps they brought it. Oh, they brought it! Mr. Salt says they brought the thinking chair, and I'm like, fucking how? <laughs> I'm sorry, this, <laughs> what this do you is mean not you related. brought the thinking chair? This is not related, but I just got, like, a message from Facebook from, like, a group chat I'm in, and someone changed their nickname to Dommy Mommy, and I'm like, who the <laughs> fuck is that? Please don't stop <laughs> I think my nickname is, um, Nightwing Bequeen. <laughs> Right my now, nickname and my nickname in my group chat is number one anime lesbian and it will never be changed <laughs> i love that so fucking much one of my friends in like our, our personal group chat is 26 doves in a trench coat <laughs> 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 all right back um, to josh in the thinking chair yeah later on they bring the thinking chair is brought by mr salt miss like the, th oh, the okay. storybook the storybook <laughs> like world pals 
as I've decided they're called. Uh, how does how does Mr. Salt get it onto that tiny no, I, plane? No, it doesn't make any fucking sense, Brenda. But listen, <laughs> I need to I'll stop. Re- kids- I need to. I need to stop digging. I need. I can't make it make sense. <laughs> I will let the kids have it. Uh, <laughs> but I think I really enjoy because, like, it is something. It's that's one of those things that, like, the older series never like tackled. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't at the same place to discuss like. Mental health in that way, not that I think you're, like, ignored, like, if you are frustrated or something. Like, I think Steve had those moments. Uh, yeah. And again, I don't know Joe's tenure. Um, but, like, it st- like it, this movie starting out with Josh having a mini panic attack at home. Like, oh my god, I got the, the audition. Oh my god, I got the audition. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh god, I gotta go to New York. Ugh. It's scary to, like, because mm-hmm. he's like, this is my dream. And I think it's important to know, like, for kids to get this information of, like, sometimes the thing you want to do is scary, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. And that is, like, what this whole movie's about for Josh, is, like, he eventually, like, he can't get there, he figures it out, you know, he has all this anxiety, and he makes it there, and then, like, it's too, like, it's too late. Yeah. Uh, He gets there at, like, 3.15 or something. Uh, Anna Janner's like, she went home, kid. They don't talk like that. (laughs) I wish they did. (laughs) Randall Puppy's gone, and you'll never see her. And he starts crying. Yeah. And everyone else is like, oh. And then jo- Josh tells them, I'm sorry I let you guys down and, like, wasted your time because everyone spent all day trying to get him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, it's not too late. Just do- they're, like, they're, they're like, just go fucking do it. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, and then he does, and it works out. And, like, it, it, of course, because it's blue clues. They were not going to let it in sad. Um, but he, like, gets on stage, and even though it's just his friends, he, like, has another, like like a little panic attack (laughs) yeah he has uh, to like like he can sing and he can dance and we've seen him sing and dance this entire movie but he gets on stage and he's he's got some stage fright even though it's just like his friends that are watching he's like nervous to do it which is very valid (laughs) which i think they started with the through line of when it starts and he is like he's singing at the house i forget what song he does like the opening song you know Mm-hmm. And then he turns to the camera to look at the ki- to look at us, right? The, the audience. He's like, "Oh, hi! I was just singing. Hi! I didn't see you there. Yeah, like in my house. That. We're like in his bedroom, <laughs> and it's like, oh, he's like, hey, I got to put on my daytime clothes. <laughs> and I think it's I, I think it's very endearing uh, to have that. I think it's very important for kids me to have that. I think that's what we talk about when we talk about like kids deserve good media too. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, downplayed for them. Kids can understand yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. This this movie reminded me of Follow That Bird, Oh, yeah, you said that. Yeah, have you seen Follow That Bird recently? I have not. As we, you know, it's like, as us adults do, watch <laughs> Sesame Street movies every so often. <laughs> yeah, and I have not rewatched that one recently. I probably watched it like 10 years ago, but it was on Netflix and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm in college. What the fuck? And so I watched it and it's like that movie also has like even more so I'd say than this one a little bit. It has like just like a, the major downturn where like Big Bird gives up. The premise is that Big mm-hmm. Bird runs away from home. Don't remember mm-hmm. why. So he's like out and about in the world alone. He's like what? Canonically four, I think. He's right, which is weird. Big Bird is an is a child. You have to remember Grover's that. Because Grover's like though- an adult, not Grover. Uh, Grouch is like an adult, right? Yeah, That's he's, he's an mad. adult. Elmo is a kid. Most of them are kids. I think Grover's yeah. an adult too. Um, but yeah, like almost like five. Big Bird is like 
how old is Big Bird? <laughs> Wait, why is why is Elmo trending right now? Hold on. No, why is Elmo trending? <laughs> what did we do? What did we do? No. Why is why is Elmo what did Elmo do? Let's see. Big Bird. How old is Big Bird? Like not like how old is Big Bird? He's 6. Okay, so Big Bird is canonically 6 years old. Even though he's a, he's voiced by an adult man and sounds like an adult man. He is a yeah. child. Um so he runs away from home and at some point this like guy sees him and is like trying to catch him for the circus and mm-hmm. he like gets caught in the circus and they like paint him blue and make him be the bluebird <laughs> of sadness. <laughs> And he sings, like, this really sad song. And it's, like, this really sad point in the movie where, like, Big Bird's, like, giving up. And he's, like, my friends aren't going to come find me because I just left. And he's, like, and I'm really sad and I'm a big bird. And But his friends are trying to find him this whole time. And so they find him and he escapes and there's, like, a car chase. But this this just kind of reminded me of it because that one also didn't, like, pull any punches. And Sesame Street's always been really good at that, like, being able to tackle, like, difficult topics, like, they tackled, like, there's an episode of Sesame Street where Big Bird's nest gets destroyed by a hurricane. And, you know, like, a lot of other, like, more difficult topics. That's always been the core of what Sesame Street is. Mm-hmm. And Blue's Clues has always felt, in some way, like, a spiritual success, even though Sesame Street's still happening. But it feels right. like they're, like, sister shows to each yeah. other. I think Blue's, like, Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood... Mm-hmm. Like those shows are definitely I I don't I haven't read up from the creator from Tracy uh Tracy Johnson I haven't read up on like what inspired her to make Blue's Clues but I think it's impossible to not think that she wasn't looking at those shows and like let's bring that to our preschool audience in this like cable demographic um mm-hmm. I think it's I think what's really important to me about Blue's Clues that how it gets to exist is like it is protected in a way because as we've seen with the slashing of public budgets and a certain company we talked about earlier in this very <laughs> podcast removing things from streaming like su- like hundreds of episodes of Sesame Street I'm glad that Blue's Clues can exist and I hope keep existing mm-hmm. with a network that is like not reliant on public donations and Congress deciding it should still get money Yeah Blue's Clues was kind of showing that Cable could also have content like Sesame Street, like PBS. Mm-hmm. Um, cable didn't have to be like this lawless place where they could just do whatever that they wanted and have like right. no educational content, which is what a lot of people right. were afraid of because they didn't have the same regulations as like regular cable did. Right. Um, and Blue's Clues set the standard for what Nickelodeon and what Disney would do for up until now, like decades to come, like yeah. set the bar for their. It's like you have to have a block for children. And it has to be up to the standard. Right. The last little fun thing that you told me that, so there's a point in the movie <laughs> when they're finding clues and there's one, there's one time that an adult helps Josh find the clue and like also knows blue. Cause so far in the movie, the like kids know blue and are excited to see mm-hmm. blue. And like, if there is an adult, they look at blue, like, what the fuck is that? Even though Rainbow Puppy, <laughs> even though Rainbow Puppy exists, they look at Rainbow blue, Puppy like, what in the is fuck a celebrity. is that? <laughs> Yeah. They're like, what is this dog who can't, who's like more like a dog than this dog I've accepted that talks? Do they think like Rainbow Puppy is like a person in a fursuit? Like, do they think Rainbow Puppy is like a furry who's really committed to the bit? It's it's New York, whatever. They're like, everyone's in costume. Fucking fucking VTubers, man. Yeah. This blue dog, though? Fuck this blue dog. Get her out of here. 
It's like, so it's so bizarre. Um, <laughs> but there's one adult who like skids down and pets Blue, and I'm like, oh, is that like a stand-in for like? Because we not like it was it was it felt like a weird thing. But then Brenda, you telling me that it's the creator's daughter. Yeah, it's her daughter who's like our age, who grew up watching Blue's Clues around the same time like we were, and um. I don't remember what her name is. I think it's like Adriana or something. But yeah, that's her daughter. Mm-hmm. And her daughter can see Blue and like knows who Blue is. And that's just like a really, really cute touch. Yeah. That, like you wouldn't necessarily know unless you're paying attention. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I think I think it is very easy to think that this movie could have been phoned in really whatever. It's going straight to, it's essentially straight to TV movies, straight to Paramount Plus. Yeah. No one cares about Paramount Plus. It easily could have been like that last <laughs> live action Fairly Odd Parents show that came out. Woof. But they, they didn't do that. Like, the people who worked in this movie, you can feel that they have a mm. lot of, they are like, they love Blue's Clues and they love what they can do for preschoolers and they love this IP. Mm-hmm. One of the reviews I found for it, uh, says praised, uh, specifically Josh for bringing unbridled charisma to a role that is basically that of a kindergarten teacher. Cause mm-hmm. it's really like all the adult, like, host of Blue's Clues is, is like a, it's like a kindergarten teacher on the TV for your kid for, a parent to learn watching something educational, but also they have like 22 minutes to like make lunch. Yeah, exactly. And their, their cave will be entertained because Blues Clues is like nonstop, like we're moving here, moving there. Josh sings a lot. So now we're singing a song and like, you know, they are like doing something and not getting into something because it's so attention grabbing. Mm-hmm. But they yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. I just really love that kid. Like, I was just so excited. I'm like, damn, kids are still getting good shit. Good. I, I was yeah. like, I don't know what's going on down in preschool world because there's nothing there for me. I mm-hmm. watch like young adult shows, but I don't know what's going on. And like, if it's geared at anything sub like 13, I have no idea what they're doing. And I'm so glad that it's <laughs> like still bringing heart. Yeah, it's like this and it's still good content. And we haven't like regressed into whatever was happening in the 80s. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey kids you need to tell your parents you want the new teen titans go teen tower the new teen titans go teen tower confused with your old teen tower <laughs> this one is chrome you want it because it's chrome <laughs> like thank chrome god it's a- not that <laughs> yeah exactly there's still good stuff being made and that, that feels that feels nice i don't yeah. think this is as good as the dora movie from like Mm-mm. our old old people's perspective yeah, but i think this is a, yeah i like i've seen dora i saw dora in the theaters like that is that mm-hmm. is just a good funny movie this yeah. isn't quite the same this is made for kids specifically yes. whereas dora was made for i'd say like our age yes. um dora was and, made with a wider net this is specifically yeah. like geared at preschoolers and if you if you are someone who has preschoolers like you won't have a bad time watching it with them yeah, it'll be, uh, like, engaging at least, and it has, like, real stakes and real emotion, and your kids are gonna love dancing. <laughs> yeah. You should be prepared. Again, Josh does cry. Your kids are probably gonna freak out, because I don't <laughs> think they've ever had, like, a Blue's Clues host, like, have an emotional breakdown. They are going to- they, you should be worried for them seeing Josh cry. Be prepared for that. Yeah, it's like, he does cry, but everything is okay in the end, and it's like, just- the message is just stick to your guns and, like, believe in yourself. Yeah. And you can make your dreams come true. Even if you're an ancient magical being trapped in a storybook world by a blue dog. <laughs> also, <laughs> happiness slowly... is magic. Also, wait, oh. no, also, no, that wasn't my last thing. Wait, how the fuck does Blue know what clues to put out? Because Blue makes the clues to figure yeah. out where the audition is when Josh doesn't have his handy notebook. Then she they taps- get the handy notebook and it doesn't matter. 
But how does Blue know where to leave the fucking clues? Does Blue just know the address? (laughs) Blue just, like, either, okay, there's two options. Either Blue taps into the spirit of the universe and, like, the magical ancient (laughs) being that created her, and she knows the clues from there, or Blue just knows the address, and for some reason she just, she's not Rainbow Puppy, and she can't speak English, and she can't write because she's got paws. Because she's a dog. (laughs) She's a dog, and Rainbow Puppy is a furry, and... <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you have, like, it's like when you have a, uh, oh god, like a husky, or some other, like a, like a Shiba Inu, like a really smart dog breed mm-hmm. who can understand you, but they're like, I cannot communicate what you need to you. They're like, yeah. where did I leave my glasses? And the dog is like, I literally know where they are, but I have no way to help you, good luck. <laughs> My cat trying to tell me something important, and I'm like, Angel, I don't fucking know what you're trying to tell me. And he's like, he's like, the water dish has been empty for five minutes. And I'm like, uh, do you need a you need a pat? No. It's it's just like it is literally like that. Like when you have a really smart pet that's like, no, to the left, and you're like, where could the remote be? To the left, and you're like, why are you barking? Literally to the left. Oh my fuck! I forgot the can understand me. Fuck. <laughs> having a smart pet is such like a phenomenally different experience from having because i went from having an orange cat which are notorious for having zero brain cells and being as mm-hmm. dumb as paste to having a black cat who um spent his entire morning he learned that the ottoman could open like he saw me open it. <laughs> and then he spent like an hour trying to open it and like <laughs> it's like i I don't, what do you need in there? There's nothing in there for you. And he's yeah, just I like, had I a, have to open it. I have my cat, who's an orange cat, which is the only one with a brain, I think, knows how <laughs> lights work. Uh, oh, yeah. And does not, does not like that our lights now are automated. She is, she does not <laughs> a fan that I can be like, turn the light, like, I can be like, turn the light off and she'll look at me and be like, how the fuck are you doing? How does it, I, I just figured this out. I just figured it out. <laughs> She's not, she, so she's, like, not, like, an orange-orange cat. She's more of a yellow cat, and yellow cats yeah. are also different. They are they okay. are very smart. Well, you know what color matters most? Blue. You should, Blue. this holiday season, if you have preschoolers, you're going to hang out with kids. If you want something to do over the holidays, you're going to be with little kids. Maybe you're babysitting for a cousin, or maybe you're having, like, all, you're letting everyone drop all the kids off at your house so they can go Christmas shopping. Throw on Blue's Clues Big City Adventure, and you just leave, just leave it on. It's an hour and 15. Just let it replay. They'll be excited, mm-hmm. and you will, you will get to keep reading your book. <laughs> just, like, put it on repeat. What Blue's Clues have taught us is that kids love repetition. <laughs> yes. Put it on repeat. If they get bored, just put on the soundtrack instead on your smart speaker, and they will run around the house and sing and dance, and you'll be set. You will be so set. They'll be like, how'd you keep them busy for three hours? Like, we watched Blue's Clues twice. I don't know. It was pretty easy, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's like, kids love Blue's Clues. Like, kid comes up to me and is like, how about I watch Bluey? And you're like, oh, you said Blue's Clues? You Blue- say Blue's Clues? Blue's no, Bluey. Clues. No, Bluey. Here's Blue's Clues Big City Adventure. <laughs> no, like with the dog. That's a dog. And that dog is blue. I don't know what you're talking about, but this is blue. Are you Bluey? fucking, are you high? What is a Bluey? It's Blue's what Clues. The- Jesus it's Christ. It's just blue. Singular blue. It's not blue. Oh, there's an E at the, okay, you know. There's an E at the, you're right, you're three. I'm I can sorry. see the there's confusion. An e at the end. It's blue. Not you don't blue- say the E. It's blue. <laughs> Your mom's gonna, I'm so good at this, your mom's gonna love me. <laughs> like, later the kid's, like, talking to the mom, and they're like, I wanna watch Bluey, so puts Bluey on, and the kid's like, no! No! Blue. 
blue. We just found a letter. We just found a letter. And the mom's like, what the fuck are, what the fuck are you talking about? Three prints, mom. Don't put down. Happiness is magic. Um, okay. Friendship is magic? Like the ponies? No! <laughs> New York City. Hamilton? <laughs> What's that? You mean like the bluebird of of happiness from Follow That Bird from 1960-whatever-the-fuck? Well, uh, we made it, everyone, to our school time. Happy holidays. Happy uh, holidays. Have from- a good rest of your, ye- rest of your year. Um, Remember, turkeys actually don't taste that good, so maybe we should stop eating them. <laughs> turkeys don't taste that good. Happiness is magic. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you all in 2023. You've been great. Peace. Love. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe 3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host Brenda. And as a reminder, please, 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 if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review. Helps the show out a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya. <laughs>